Welcome to the Mindful Surfer Podcast with myself, Will Foster, and my co-host, Liam, the sitting under a tree, Morgan. Explain. Just, just two guys sitting under a tree. Two guys sitting under a tree. K-I-S-S-I-N-G. That's pretty good. Which is acceptable in any world well, we live in, but uh, 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 we're uh, not doing uh, that. Uh, absolutely. It'd be interesting kissing you because you've got that beard, so it's sort of... <sighs> give me empathy for your other half. I, I'm not carrying the beard now. I was doing a tash for a while. And then someone said to me that they said, oh my God, you look so much younger having shaved. And I was like, wow, I didn't realise that it could age a face, but apparently... That's why, that's why I wear a beard, because otherwise, even at the latest oh, yeah. stages of the 40s that I'm getting into... You wouldn't get served. I would get served in a pub. <laughs> and you know I, I love a pub. You do love a pub. Um, no, um, there we are. we are. We're sat in the buys in Sidmouth. Yeah, which is a sort of lovely sort of parkland walkway area. Yeah, that people will come and enjoy, walk their dogs, and generally breathe in the fresh air that is nature. They'll breathe in the fresh air that's nature and breathe in sort of that background aroma of dog shit. Yeah, there's a lot of dog shit in the buys. Although, although having said that, I've been walking through the buys barefoot for years, and then you wouldn't believe well, you would, but the amount of comments that people make about. Oh my good God, I must step in so much shit. And, and, and here's my stat for you. I've probably covered the buys back and forth. It's like a one or two kilometer walk back and forth. So I've done possibly thousands of kilometers of this walkway on the grass and stuff in bare feet. And I've stood in two shits. And both occasions, I think I just had a karmic thought and then did it. If you were really, when you walk bare feet, it's really interesting. You walk bare feet, you're so aware of where your foot goes. Yeah, because automatically you're in a more mindful state because your feet are so precious to your well-being, to to surviving as a human at your primal level. As you're walking along, you sort of you do really take a little look at the ground just before you take each step, basically. Well, you notice dogs never stand in dog shit. Oh, this is good, mate. Fuck the podcast. Let's talk about this <laughs> seriously. There is a question that and if anybody's that is seen a deep, deep comment from the Morgan. That is unreal, mate. They may roll they in fox and badger shit occasionally, fucking damn straight. but dogs have this instinct. They don't look, <laughs> but they just never step in it. Good point. We do. You've made points on this show. You've made points about boards, <laughs> about mindset, about where to surf, how to surf, fear, you know, body conditioning, I mean, nutrition, but, but that, that is big. That one about not stepping in. I can't get my head around it. I'm actually going to, I have to be quiet for a while. Because I just can't... Which is, which is new. It's new. Now, that's if, big, that's if big for me. If anybody is listening to this <laughs> and they have evidence to the contrary, please yeah. write in oh, to the Mindful Surfer, PO Box Kook 665 or whatever. Seriously, um, chime in. That, have you ever seen a dog stand in... <sighs> big shit. When, it, when you get it back in the boot of the car or you get it in the back seat of the car or you get it back home, just, just, just take a note. Count how many days in a row there's... Those paws are clean as a whistle. Anyway, moving. If you um, are a mindful surfer, please pick up shit after your dog anyway. Yeah. Um, boards, mm. I'm getting another one. I wanted to tell you this before the show, but I I'm, thought I'd save I'm really it. surprised. Uh, oh, you surprised? I'm what? You <laughs> getting a new board? <laughs> it's shock horror. <clears throat> That'll get a board. Front page of the Sidmouth Herald next front week. Front page, mate. Front page. Really dramatic, quite, quite dramatic news. I love boards. We all love boards. And we get lured in. So basically, it's a board I've had before. It's a board that you bought off me, the Luke Short 20. Oh, you're buying it back, eh? So, so <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. by the way, yeah. I've spoken to your Great. wife. Just made 300 quid. <laughs> um, no, I'm getting, I'm, I'm getting a 6-0. It's in really good nick, apparently. I'll find out tomorrow when I go and get it. It's secondhand. And 
The Luke Short 20 I sold to you right around when I had dialed my performer at the time, which was something like, oh, it was, it was the Almeric flyer. I had that. And then I also had a puddle jumper, lost puddle jumper. So I had a real distinct quiver of ultra high liter uber gravel from one to three feet and then a good performer in four, four to seven feet or whatever. And then as things went on, time changed, da, 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 I then eventually evolved onto the Puddle HP and rode it in just as smaller waves as I had my original Puddle and was getting more traction. I was getting more lip tags, more maneuvers, more carves, more, more cutbacks. And it really threw up the sort of argument of, of, of more foam is, mm-hmm. is more performance. No, I definitely performed better, groveled better on a smaller version of a Puddle Jumper. That then really threw up my kind of argument on, oh, what do I do with my shortboard? So then I got a JS. I went from the Almeric Flyer at 39 litres down to a JS at 35 litres. It's a round tail as well. Rode that in Tenerife. I've ridden that on the north coast of Devon Cornwall. I've even ridden it nearby here where we've got a couple of pumping waves and it's gone incredible. So I've got this really interesting evolution taking place whereby it's kind of like, I've, I've, I've felt like I've slightly stagnated on the more of the fun side and the flowing side and the release and the speed and the sort of a bit, a, a bit sort of different side where it's like a mm. novel feeling as opposed to that basic three fin thruster feel. And it's a 20. I think a lot of people at the moment looking at 20s, I was looking at getting ideally secondhand a Lost Rano's Fish where you ride it as a two, as a two plus one or as a straight twin. Um, but then when the LSD 20 came up, I thought, yeah, go on because it's, it's the 6.0 so it's a little bit smaller. It's got this incredible nose, doesn't it, dude? It's got that, mm. it's got a beak nose. And what I was reading about with, with beak noses, if you want to do a bit of Google searching, if you don't know what one of those is, is they do get you in earlier. So what you can do is then ride something a bit smaller than you otherwise would in sub-bar, subpar conditions because you know that the board will get at least onto the lip in, in a sense. So I've had a couple over the years. I had a, I had a bro dip block beak nose. I've had your, the one I sold you. And they do, they get in really early. So I'm quite excited about that feel again. It's a, it's a very, very flat board, isn't it? Yeah, and Luke Short makes them really well and light, they're light, aren't they? Yeah. The, the tech he uses really, and the, the one I've got is much older, but yeah, amazing board. It's really helped. And it, 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 I mean, mine again, so it's 6.2, the one you had previously. Mm-hmm. It mm-hmm. starts to feel a little bit long now as you kind of make mm. some, because it's got a big nose. Having said that, it's still got a very short body feel to it. Yeah, it has, doesn't it? Um, if you actually look at the outline looking and down at it. the tail as well. Yeah. If it, you look at it from above, yep. look at it straight on, yep. it, it, it looks almost like a high-performance shortboard. Yeah. And then when you hold it in your arm, you're like, no, no, yeah. no, no. It's been built with a different amazing, sort of goal in amazing mind. Amazing build on there. Really good. I mean, I, I, sort of the one I've got now is just, when it snaps, I'll be very upset. When, when do you use your Luke Short 20? Because did you use it at the Bristol Wave? I use it all the time at the Bristol Wave, actually. That's right. Yeah. It is a great Bristol Wave it, board, actually. It, it is, I but I do that. want to try some different boards there. Because, and we'll talk about the Wave a little bit because we've been back. Yeah, yeah. You know, we, I, there uh, you go. We uh, need to talk about that. Um, and just surf different things. And It's a really good board for the Wave because it gets in early and it's got, you know, it's got a bit of volume to mm. it, but it's got a bit of performance to it as well. Um, but it then also prevents you doing from certain things that you think you might be able to do. And then you go, yeah. is it the board or is it me? But it, it's just a very forgiving board. However, there are times when I've surfed it and it's not been a very forgiving board because it's almost too grovelly. Because be, 
it being something that looks and feels a bit more performancey sometimes, I've been, it will surf in any conditions really, but I've been lured into taking it when I perhaps should have been a bit braver and gone on the Almeric flyer. And, and then you're like, okay, then I've got a bit more rocker and I'm not sort of purling the board as much and so on and so forth. But as a sort of progressive progression board, from like just pure groveler to something in between, I've found it an amazing bit of really. It's, board it's, here. It's, it's, it is a rad fair board. play to him for making it. it. It's it's a board that goes insane in around the head high to two feet overhead range on an open face wave. Yeah, so that would be a point or a wave like Saunton. You want to do a bit of googling yes. if you're not in this country. Do a bit of googling of that wave. It's, it's Saunton. It's one of our favourite waves. A wave that's just got a bit of a wall in front of you to 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 do that that carve figure of eight that it loves doing and then real fast down the line, big floaters and so on. What it won't want to do as much, particularly front side, is a sort of more vertical yeah. type maneuver unless the waves get seriously punchy yeah. and big where you can got, when you've got time to come up the lip. Yeah. And, and a, and a, but if it's a sort of head high wave where it's sort of barreling and it's uber curvy, I think that's when the board is, it, it's not working it, anymore. Or yeah. Because it's, it's far if, too if, much. If it's a it, super steep drop. That's it then that's when I've kind of, and again, I caveat this with it's about surfing level, but for me at the level I'm at, I'll occasionally go over the handlebars because yeah. there's no there's no forgiving rocker at the front to allow me for the mistakes I will make on the, that kind of situation. So yeah, and that's that's where it kind of falls. But yeah, you're absolutely right. We're on a open face, you know, big wall, no matter how big that, but as long as it's open and you can do some great things. On oh, it. awesome boards. And, it, and the thing with a board like that is it, it will actually go in double overhead. Yeah. Arguably. Yeah. In, 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 as long as the wave is an open face and you've got plenty of time to wind up into that carve. Yes. It will go really, and because it will get in so early. So yeah. they're, they're quite good step up boards too. Yeah. If you put thruster in the back, I've, I've, I've ridden that as a thruster a few times at, at places like Saunton, at Puttsburgh. Puttsburgh, I took it out in, in quadruple overhead. Mm. Massive serve. Mm. And actually, it was a really good step yeah. up because I could duck dive. Yes. really well because yeah. it was small but actually when you were going for the wave you could get on it because yeah. it's just this yeah. amazing little beak nose so Joe do a little bit of googling if you're interested in boards at the moment um, <clears throat> by the way always <laughs> <laughs> are you interested in boards at the moment well does a one-legged bear shit in the woods um, is look up there's a Rus Rusty I don't have to pronounce his surname but Rusty the shaper did a really good article on mm. why beak noses have become a bit of a revolution of, of yeah. late. And that doesn't even necessarily matter whether or not you, you put in the back end a two plus one, straight twin, thruster, whatever. What matters is, with twinnies that is, is it's, it's, the definition of it is more how the nose is designed. Mm. It's around making it really easy to get into a wave. Yeah. You get up and riding and you get your speeds like that. It's really fast. Yeah. Straight out of the gate. Yeah. That's super cool. Yeah. So how, how was the, come on, talk me through it. How was the Bristol wave? We went there two weeks ago now. How did you find it? We did. I, 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 love, <clears throat> I love the advanced right. Yep. Okay. And by it's, the way, this is, just listeners, this is our UK wave. Wave garden technology. We have a, we're, we have a not wave, <laughs> wave, uh, wave park. Yeah. It's the wave garden tech. Wave garden tech. And um, it's, it's interesting. In a swimming pool. You know, it's good to get up there. It's good practice. It's different to surf. I've been talking a lot about this with different people over the last couple of weeks. But um, we, did, we did the advanced right. Uh, and then we did the intermediate left. Yep. Now, I'll just skip to the intermediate. The last time you and I did the intermediate left and we were just you and I in the pool yep. for quite a long time, and it was exhausting. Mm. I found it a real struggle. I feel I got a better handle of it this time around, but but not enough that I was like, wow, I've done, done myself proud. 
my backhand surfing again on that loop short because I've put a trailer fin in is getting a bit better than I was. Yeah. I always say that, not anybody else than, than I was. Um, but I, it left me wanting a lot more. I find the wave does that a lot. Does you come it? out of the session, you think, damn, why didn't I try that? Uh, and it, you're just so keen to get the most out of that sort of hour that you've got. There's a lot of eyes on you. It's, it, it's easy to think after the event of anything you do that you could do it better. Um, but, but the back-to-back sessions of right and left, I found really, really good. And, I, and the gains that you make or the thinking that it allows you to do post-surf stays with you forever. And then I took that and went to Fistral, South Fistral, a few, uh, a week or two later and put into practice some of the things that you would do in a wave pool, but back in an open face ocean wave. And I've said this a lot, if, and, and actually we were talking to a few surfers, even in the intermediate um, bit, about how to take the gains from the wave pool at whatever level surfer you are. But I think particularly for people who are improving, like myself, is it, it really primes you for a fast takeoff anywhere. Mm. Because it, it's, it, is a, it is a, especially on the advanced and upwards um, settings, if you can take off on that and you can dial your mind into getting your eye positioning right down the line of a wave as you take off and not worrying about looking at the board or the, the, the drop, um, if you then take that and apply that to your sea surfing, you'll make some incredible gains because it sort of gets the... We talk a lot about, uh, you know, like anything, uh, muscle memory and practice. If you play golf or you cricket or you rugby or football if you practice the thing you're trying to do over and over and over again it becomes second nature you go from it being a beginner's clunky movement to being much more fluid movement and the wave for me allows that paddle take off paddle take that it did that a lot when we first started going a few years ago and then you take that back into the sea and you're not even thinking about that bit anymore you're mm. thinking about how do i now do the first maneuver mm. so Lot, lot, lot to take out. What I would love to do, Will, and we, we talked about this a lot on the way back, um, w- w- is take ourselves to the wave with some coaching and then play back and then go again. So to have somebody who is there when you come out and said, right, this is how you surf that wave. Now go and do the same thing, but try this version of that or come back much more because it leaves me wanting, as I said, all the time to want to go back in. You need a couple of days there. Um, but it's expensive and uh, yeah, time is, a, is not on your side, is it? So, time, time and money. Time, yeah. money and energy. Yeah. It's, it's, it's tiring. You really go for it. But I think wave pools are going to benefit a lot of people in the next 100, 200, 300 years. God, just have a thought of that. Just have a little thought experiment. What, what might the surf world be like in 300 years? That's a really cool idea. <laughs> Maybe we'll come back as uh, we'll be reincarnated as, an, as another Kelly. That could be fun. Well, you'll be able to be Kelly in some sort of virtual... Ra- you oh, just sort of yeah, plug the Kelly, Kelly chip into your brain. That's, that's such a good point. I, I, I can see a world one day, and you keep going with this. It's, very, it's quite fun, but it's just like it's... It, well, take a wave like Periscopes in Micronesia. I think it's Micronesia. It's a very famous right-hander. Uh, oh, no, Periscopes is not. Hang on, I'm getting it wrong. Periscopes is in Sumatra, I think. Anyway, take a famous right-hander, for example, like J-Bay, and just pop it in a pool, and let's mimic it and get it right. And so... That isn't out of the question. It's just land availability. Well, there, um, there is power. Obviously, there's lots. Of, there are barriers and limitations. But yes. by then, maybe it'll self-generate. You know, with solar or something. I don't yeah. know. Um, and maybe even the wave itself, his one, will generate some form of energy as it's going yeah. down the line. Who knows? Yeah. But but the wave thing with with wave pools, it it's it's so cool having one. We we just and I've said this a lot. I've got to be very very careful what I say. 
because I, I love hours and I love that we have one. And I, and even when we were there, I kept having to catch myself in in keeping a balanced view of, of how I find the Bristol Wave whilst also reminding myself of how wonderful it is to have one uh, nearby. We're not even that far from it. Mm. But it's to say that I find it a challenge. And what I, what, I, what I love about Bristol Wave is going there for that. If I want a physical and mental challenge that leaves me invigorated, plus also wanting to go back to the table of diet, of training, of mobility, of everything, nothing could be better for me. Because what I do is I, I get so exposed there that I go, okay, well, what can I work on? Like, what, where are my physical limitations? Where are my mental limitations? And how can I improve? Because that, that right-handed, now, fair enough, I'm, I'm, I'm carrying and nursing a, a bit of an ankle um, discomfort still from, from a surf injury from about even six weeks ago now. So it's persisting a little bit. It's a, it's a, it's a particularly tricky place to heal for surfers, this, this little corner of the, of the ankle, because it, it just works constantly when you surf. It's not like a muscle, like maybe up in your trap or somewhere in your, in your, or in your shoulder, although that would hurt as well. But, but anyway, carrying a little bit of a, of a tweak as much as anything, and that didn't help. But I think I found the right-hander uber challenging. I was on a few less liters than I might have otherwise been on my puddle jumper. It's my first time I've ridden the puddle jumper HP there. So that's a 45 down to 39 mm-hmm. liter drop. So that's a big drop there. And I think I was being forgiven with my puddle uh, there before. Anyway, did the right-hander, fine, did okay. Had to be really kind to myself because I, I, I don't think I really surfed as well as I, as I feel like I can for a number of reasons, but in particular, one main one being takeoff. And it's still to this day my biggest weakness in my surfing. And what I was really happy I did was I, I, I stuck to the takeoff that I've been doing in the last one or two years, which has made a massive difference out in the ocean. And it's this head up, head up, head up, head up, head up, head up. And you're still head up as you look to the first bit of lip you want to hit. And, and the transformation that makes in, in the sense that your board straight away is, is on rail. And it's, it's changed the game for me, keeping my head up, not, not looking down at the board at all. Mm-hmm. Doing a Bristol wave is doubly hard because the wave getting onto it feels a little different. It's a bit weird. And the first maneuver is, it, is as everyone knows who's, who's done our wave or, or wave gardens, it's a sort of tricky little maneuver. It's a, it's a sort of slow, cutbacky, slashy type section. And if you take off late, like I was trying to, by really looking up, it, it actually makes it even harder to do that section. So I think what happened was on previous times at Bristol Wave, when I've used my, my old technique of really much more looking down at the board a bit more and the, and the wave in front of me, it's actually enabled me to do a better turn, I think. Yeah. But, but I kept in my head going back to the next wave going, keep to your technique. Don't go back to resorting to this. Because where I'm at now with it, with frontside surfing, is I'm, I'm at a little point like we all are as surfers where there's this really interesting little plateau but in order to keep to keep busting through the plateau, you, you've got to embrace the challenge that's keeping you in that plateau and not reject it. So it's it's a really interesting little 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 point I'm at now. And what was so cool, looking back at the photos, was there was one picture where I'm just in a much better position from which to surf a frontside wave. Where I'm I'm down low, my back is pretty straight, but I'm not too low. My hands are in front and I'm poised, ready to lunge. Because surfing is a lunge at the end of the day, particularly frontside surfing. And my leg is pointing forward and I'm just looking like I'm ready to, to really surf frontside and frontside well. Whereas previous times, Bristol Wave, I've kind of looked at it and gone, oh God, oh my God, who, yeah. who is that bloke taking a shit on his surfboard? <laughs> <laughs> in the poo stance. Um, 
It's Mr. Poopy. It's Mr. Poopy. And um, so that was the right hand. Then the left. Yeah. And there's loads to share on this because I think it really relates to all of us. First, I want to ask you, how did you find the left? Well, the photos were appalling. They never got my best um, cutback in the world. They, they that was that. a great turn. They missed that bit. Um, yeah, it was really... It, I was happier than the last time I'd been. That's where you can only pit yourself against your uh, previous version of you, wherever, wherever your sort of gain line is that you want to kind of pass. And uh, so, and some of the strengthening of legs and that have helped my backside surfing much more. Uh, and, and so it was a really good challenge to try and take that, oh, take what you think of those improvements and put them in um, to a practice arena and start going, okay, how could I get further back to the foam and then go again? And how do I beat that section now? And so on. So it was a much better version of my surfing. I think um, putting that trailer in the twinny helps hugely. Um, and so I was really happy. But as I said, I mean, what it leaves you with is the desire to do it again quite quickly after you've... So, you know, if if we could have accommodated going back the next day and and then doing that, uh, doing that, that would have been amazingly good. So you can then... Because then, then you're already dialed into, well, how did it go? What did I do? And what would I like to do better? Uh, but no, I enjoyed it. I really... And because it was intermediate... It's a, it's a much more challenging way. I think the advanced is an easier wave to surf because there's more push. Whereas the intermediate, you have to really work your way back and through this, mm. back to the foam and through the sections, which I think is tricky. I think it's it just as a point. I think if you're going and you're an intermediate surfer, I think, it, and you're going backside on that, I think it's a very hard wave to have a go on. It's strange that they've called it intermediate. So it attracts people that are trying to improve. But sometimes the first bit of takeoff on that wave isn't powerful enough to help you just get up and away, which is what you would need at that level. So true. I, I, I found the opposite to you. I found the left-hander possibly as much as 60, 70% easier because it, it's, it's, it's all about that first bit in surfing. So I've, I've always found in backside surfing, as I'm paddling for the wave, my shoulder, I sort of look up and I can see that the sort of first bit of bottom turn and the way I sort of land in my takeoff is it's as if my feet are just ready to do that turn. And I, I don't know biomechanically why it is, but what I do know for certain once is, is, is biomechanically is once I'm up and on my board, I'm not, I'm, I'm not leaning away from the lip. I'm leaning back to it. So as, as, as Bristol Wave goes, you've got this really interesting little uh, first fat bit at yeah. the start, which is, which is kind of fat and a bit slow and a bit tricky and a bit whatever. And then when you get past that, it gets quicker and quicker, right? So what I find at Bristol Wave is because I find that first bit easier to get back to the pocket because it's a backside turn. A backside turn, you're simply leaning forward, sticking your ass in the air. Whereas a frontside turn, you're leaning back. So by definition for me, it's easier to balance and poise mm. and be powerful backside in that way. So bringing that ball back to the foam felt simpler. And then I, I, and then I would get, get, get to the foam, Kang... And then I had this flow, next rail, bang, next rail. Bang. And I was able to get some really good flow um, that I wasn't able to get on the, on the front side wave. And a friend of, of the show, a friend of ours uh, called Tiago found the same as well. But the biggest insight of all for me is always a psychological. And with the intermediate wave, the, the group that you're in- I completely agree with what you're Is a you, different yeah. group altogether. If you get a chance to go to a wave part one day or hours in the UK- and you get to test out the various settings and so on. 
just pick up on the vibe in the intermediate. And in, in a way, it's the vibe of why we do this show. Well, you know, right back at some of the early episodes, we were talking about this concept of surf school happy. Yeah. And if you're in a place where you are doing something and you haven't been you haven't been worn down by either trying to be too cool or, and it's new and it's energetic and the, the, the kind of the, the neurons it's firing and the f- way it makes your body feel is so uplifting that you, you're in this kind of zen-like state from the very, very beginning. And then as humans, you sort of lose that because you become a bit weathered and you become a surfer and then you get too cool for school and then you, you, you wear that burden of performance way too heavily on the shoulders that you've got. Whereas in, if you're in the surf school happy, you don't give a shit. You're just like, mm. I'm riding this bloody invisible energy field that's pushing this wave along. And it's, it, it, it makes you feel good from the moment you get in the water. And, and if you go and surf with people who are, uh, who are experiencing that, whether you're in the ocean or wave pool, the, you pick up on that energy. It, it really is, you, you know, the, the, the joy of somebody catching their first wave or riding along it for the first time is infectious. Uh, really and, cool. and whereas if you're out the back with, like, say, somebody who, you know, is arms folded, staring out the ocean, great, they might be having a good time. But there's a little bit more seriousness. There's a bit more performance anxiety. There's a bit more of wearing the weight of being, in inverted commas, a surfer on your shoulders. Mm. And we could all do with a bit of, like, not giving a shit and in just enjoying it in the purest form. So true. And I think that the more the ego has, in its view, done well. Yeah the more there is to protect. Yeah. It gets into protective mode. I'm protecting this now. Yeah. I'm good at this. I'm keeping hold of this. I'm not letting other, anyone else see that I'm completely just as vulnerable yeah. as anyone. And then when you release that, it's such a great feeling. And then, we've said this many times, you unleash that beautiful paradox that is when you're so free from ego and you're so therefore in the moment, in the body, in the breath, you just, your rail just goes rail to rail. And, and everyone can witness it. it, just, it just, you just look like you're having such a good time and you do perform your highest level. The great thing with that intermediate as well is, is, just, is there's so much chat. Yeah, it's Everyone's good. chatting, having smiling. Great time. Where are you from? Oh, yeah. I'm from here. Oh, how are you getting on? Yeah. Whooping each other. I've, and I've, I've surfed Bristol Wave now 15, 20 times yeah. and all the intermediates I've done have been really, in effect, my best surfs. Yeah. And, and, and look, to the point we were making earlier about the vibe is there. We joke about this a lot. You know, you, 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 you have a great time. You look at the photos and it sort of reduces the enjoyment factor by about 80, 90%. <laughs> but <laughs> don't look at the photos, whatever you do. You get home and like, oh, I had a great... Ah. Anyway, like, ah. anyway, the point it's is... It's like seeing your, your favourite cat like splat on the road. Oh, or, absolutely. Oh, God. But, but you, 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 that, the, the feeling of what we did there and surf there and how we, we enjoyed it was immense and i left that day having done those two surfs i mean the, the vibes were high all day we met some really cool people afterwards and you know tiago brings an infectious energy with him as well and you know it's just a, it's just a great place to be when the vibes are high but i left that day and i was i carried that joy and that stoke with me for the next week and a lot of people say is it the same as the the ocean no i'd always rather surf in the sea yeah, I think, think fundamentally when the vibes are high there and the challenge it brings, and I love being in the water, that's the kind of, re, you know, natural environment. However, you can get as much joy out of the surf and it felt like the vibe was high. So it starts to blur the boundaries of where the enjoyment is. That, that surf that we did at the Bristol Wave kept me stoked for a long, long time afterwards. 
Yeah, dude, I I um, I felt really stoked, and it was that really interesting thing where you realise how much of the surf experience is about the social as well. The great thing with Bristol Wave is it's so much of an experiment into the the social psychological aspects of of surf as it is surf itself because there are so many eyes on you. Uh, you got your friends' eyes on you. You often are there with friends because it's a bit of a day out. And it's got that vibe as well. And it's really, really nice. You know, you share in, in, in all. And I think you, you sort of, in the sort of post-surf analysis of your own whatever, as everyone's doing, you hear loads of, loads of comments going around and, and people talking about what they wish they had done better and what's the, what, they, what they were happy they did. And, what, and it's, it's a, you don't get that in a normal surf situation. Normal surf situation, you know, a bunch of locals, well, they get out when they get out and you don't see them. Mm. And you might not see them again for three weeks. Um, yeah, there are lads trips or, or lasses or, you know, whoever going to on, on surf days out or weeks, holidays and whatever. And of course you do get a lot of the camaraderie and the sharing of stories yeah. um, with those, but, but, but they're not as common. So I think what, what's cool about the wave part for me is, is you really get to just chat about your surf and how surfing is working for you in general after and before doing it. And it's, it's, it's wicked. It's why we started this, um, started this podcast. Because there's just so much in it. There's so much nuance in these things. It's it's incredible what goes into um, the experience of of doing anything. Quite honestly, absolutely. But let alone something that's as physically nuanced as surfing. Let alone even diving into how the social aspect of things works and how the how the psychological aspect of things works. Even the spiritual and and, and energetic aspect works. Um, but it was, it was an ace day and it's somewhere, somewhere where we'll, we'll go back over and over. One thing I would just ask the surfing gods to deliver, however, is a, 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 a proper wave. As my mate Jack would say, oh, I just, I just need a proper wave. He would never go anything, anything below four or five, six feet. But they could do it where they create a, 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 I don't know, a sunset or they create a, not necessarily pipe. I mean, that's, that's getting just freaking dangerous. Well, Kelly, one Ke- of my Ke- Kelly's pool. But Kelly's pool is a barrel. No, it is. Yeah. But having more of them available and, yeah. and them be, you know, actually accessible not, and, and not a thousand dollars away. Affordable. Yeah, exactly. And affordable. I've, I have to say, though, we are in no way sponsored by anybody, let alone the wave. So when we talk about this stuff and we will always try and do this, we'll give you our honest opinion of what we Correct. think. Um, so, no, but it was good and it's a great bit of technology. You, but you never know, Liam, the way the world goes. We may open our own wave park one day. Yeah. Stranger things have happened. Yeah. We just got to lay um, our hands on about 30, 30 million quid. 30 mil. <laughs> You need 30 mil and you need to get past the green aspect of it. You are basically taking up a big chunk of land for... Well, you could build it on brownfields. So. Well, that's true. Hey, look at this. Maybe and, we're already project managing. Hey, like, hey, look, look it, you're already... If you live in our neck of the woods, you'd never get past the planners, even if it was incredibly good for the main minds and bodies of young people in the town. Yes. It's a bit of a... There's a lot of places that say no to... Oh, yeah, mate. No, no, no totally. ...imaginative developments. Completely. The place for it... It's going to absolutely explode. It's two places because they've got the market for it too. Is is Oz because it's ridiculous the amount of space. Yeah. And America. Yeah. The US. They've got a few. Just huge, huge, yeah. huge countries with such a big market for surfing. So Yeah, and put them in cities. You know, you know yeah. places like London. Is, London I think is getting one. They're getting one. Is, I think yeah. Manchester's getting one. Is it? There's one up in Scotland. Yeah, I didn't development. know it's yeah. getting really. I believe so, yeah. Oh my God. Oh, mate. Yeah. It's Good. cool. Exciting. Blimey. Yeah. Here we are. Get some strange looks as people walk their dogs yeah, and yeah. cycle their bikes past us, but there you go. Yeah, we've got Not a dog, unusual for we've us. We've got a dog walker now. She's probably wondering what the hell is going on. Yeah. Why are these two talking to themselves or each other? <laughs> <laughs> hey, hope you're enjoying the show. 
If you connect with what we do here at The Mindful Surfer, why not share it with your friends? Or go on over to iTunes and leave us a review. Because the more ratings we have, the more likely it is Liam and I can come back week after week and keep building this community of mindful surfers. Now, let's get back to the show. Dude, moving on to segment number two, the, the, the mindful surfer, just a couple of moments, check in with the breath. So my friend, take a breath in through your nose. And breathe out. And take a breath in. And breathe out. Just really notice what you can see. Take a breath in through your nose. And breathe out. And again, bring your focus to what you can see. Deep breath in through your nose. Hold your breath at the top. Breathe in. Hold your breath. Notice what you can see. And breathe out. If you ever feel out of center, and that is either overwhelmed or underwhelmed, breathing will always bring you back to the middle. It's what's called an adaptogen. There are a number of them available to us in plant form from things like ashwagandha and Siberian ginseng, Korean ginseng. There's a number of them. Even American. There's an American ginseng. But nothing will ever quite beat uh, the power that breath has for five minutes, 10 minutes. I mean, and the thing as well is it's the practical aspect of it. You can just do it wherever and whatever's going on. You can be breathing better unless you are talking <laughs> at the same time. A little bit trickier. Um, is, is better breathing um, and breathing more deeply into the nose, out of the mouth. And of course it relates to surf because the healthier, happier, calmer you are, the better a surf you'll be. So if you're in a job that's difficult, for as an example, finding it stressful, you can bet your bottom dollar it'll, it'll Probably, I mean, there's this there's argument around that, but probably it will affect your surfing. If you're going through a time in your life where you feel happier um, and you're really enjoying, let's say, your work or something, you can, again, bet your bomb dollar, it'll probably have a positive influence on your surf. So we are uh, these physical beings um, being managed by an interpretive mind. Um, the better you can interpret your inner physiology, because your physiology actually is better, the better your mind will feel as well. Then it takes mind care too. Like it's a 50-50 relationship. But the breath will, will work on both fronts. I mean, there's, there's a lot of literature talking about how with meditation, what happens, the longer and longer you go into these kind of uh, inhale, exhale exercises of concentration, um, the slower your brain waves become. So you will, yeah, let's say you're having lots of, let's say worrying thoughts about the future. You will just produce so fewer of them the calmer your mind becomes because you will just be producing brain waves that are producing thoughts at a far, far slower pace. So you can actually, you can actually spot them more easily. It's a bit like the analogy is a bit like <clears> trying to, <throat> trying to watch, trying to sit on the side of the road and watch Teslas go past at 180 miles an hour. It's quite hard to spot mm. and loads of them too versus sitting on the side of the road and trying to observe old Morris miners going at 15 miles an hour. It's a bit easier to spot those. So it's, it's a little bit like that. Yeah, and you, you can observe brain, scrambled brain waves in probably an MRI versus calm, deep, mm. kind of really sort of in a in a very sort of deep state of meditation. Mm. And uh, and you know you, you're heightened with shallow breaths and you're sort of frantic and your energy is kind of 
all over the place. But if you can get yourself into that calm state, um, because the mind does that to you. I mean, all, all, all favorite of mine, Seneca, as well as I'm sort of dig through Stoic philosophy, is that we 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 also suffer more in the mind than we do in reality. So a breathing brings you back to reality sometimes, and the mind is taking you to a place where you're not there yet, or you or you've been before, and it scrambles your sort of um, calmness. And so if you take yourself back, if you concentrate on breathing and you take yourself into the moment, that's why it works so well. Um, you're in a reality that's very different to what your perceived and imagined uh, chaos is. But, but the mind makes you think that that chaos is now. And if you breathe deeply, so then true. you realize it's not. So uh, Beautifully it, it, put, it, it does work for me a lot. Beautifully put. I love the, the Greek philosophy on that. It's absolutely wondrous. Um, moving on. My body stoke things. Liam and I have been doing the mind and body to raise the stoke as a plane goes overhead. Um, I am on day six today of the ultimate elimination diet, the carnivore diet. As listen, listeners might know already, uh, I have an underlying autoimmune condition called psoriasis, um, and it certainly makes things a little com- complicated at times um, for well-being. So. You know, we've all got challenges. I've got my own, like we all do. Um, and you're talking about something called gut permeability. So when you accumulate um, an autoimmune condition, be it arthritis, asthma, eczema, psoriasis, there's a number of them. Um, you do so because of gut permeability. Now, why does that happen? Well, for a number of reasons, but stress, sugar, toxicity, food sensitivities, genetics, um, environmental toxins, they all play a, big, a, a bit of a role together. So always a bit of a a melting pot of things. But of course, with this gut permeability where you're getting food actually into your bloodstream, which is where it's not meant to be at all, um, this is why the, the immune system gets fired up, is that you can heal up your gut um, with a number of different method- methodologies out there. But the, but the most common are always going to be some form of elimination. Now, elimination meaning you remove gut irritants, which are classically gluten, um, so lactose, casein found in dairy, um, high lectin foods, phytate foods such as nuts and seeds and legumes as well. And this is where we start to go towards what's something called a paleo diet. Now, people then go, oh yeah, paleo diet. Oh yeah, it's just a load of meat. That's terrible for your, your arteries and, and cholesterol. What people do always is, is, is throw the baby out with the bathwater, make assumptions, put, things, put people in boxes, put, give them labels, keep them safe. They can understand the world better like that. But of course, what we do all know really deep down is that there's incredible nuance in this whole process and there's so much individuality within it, authenticity within it. There's natural bias. There's uh, what might work for you, might not work for someone else. It's, it, the list goes on and on and on as to why you do what you do. But what I am doing is uh, liver, organic, organic lamb, organic beef, sea salt, um, lots of butter. So I do tolerate butter really well, even though it's, it is dairy, but it has, it has almost no lactose and casein in it seems to do my gut a lot of good um and i yeah i'm on day six and it's funny because people go oh god but you need carbs you need carbs and i would agree i think the, the, the just in my own experience let alone talking about the current science on nutrition around carbs i i, I completely agree, would agree that we thrive when we have carbohydrate if you're a hunter gatherer and you've had your your wild boar that you've caught with your friends hunting and then to to go with it you've got your tubers and your bananas and your honey and you pff, knock yourself out man because we feel great on carbs and we have a system a body 
that can store things like glycogen. So it's, it's, it, it's inarguable that we do well on carbohydrate. It completely is. However, you've got to take a little sacrifice sometimes to accept the short-term um, loss of something that you enjoy to, to make long-term gains. They're having the foresight to go through a process to make a long-term gain. And it's not for everybody. Most people really, whether they know it or not, are incredibly emotionally attached to food. I being one of them. Why did it take me eight, 10, 12 weeks to start carnival where I knew knocking at the back of the door, use that analogy, it's like someone's just knocking at the door in the front house. Someone had been knocking at the door last two, three months. Why, why is it taking me this long? It's because I was in denial. I was trying to just go on. I think I can get it. Yeah, go on. I can get the knee feeling better because that gets arthritic and I can get my skin back to where it was and I can get my brain functioning again. And I'm doing this and doing this. And then I realize, realize and I know deep down, I've got to come off carbs. Just full stop. Got to come off carbs and I've got to come off veg. Because one is a gut irritant and that's the vegetation side of things. And that will lead to gut permeability. And the other is insulin. And insulin is a pro-inflammatory hormone past a certain point. It's why Mark Sisson, who's a real, real guru on uh, food in general and keto diets and so on, talks so much about why we all need a keto reset at least once, twice a year. Because what it does, it helps you produce something called ketones. And when you start producing ketones, it takes about five to 10 days in most people in the first initial phase. But when you start producing ketones, rather than feel the, the, whoa, the, and the tiredness that comes associated with low carbohydrate, in fact, you feel the opposite and you start burning fat for fuel. And ketones themselves are also incredibly anti-inflammatory. So you end up, in this space as to why a keto diet now is probably becoming the, most, the fastest growing uh, healing methodology for diet that there has almost ever been. Because people are realizing how unbelievably good you can feel. What you've just got to do though, however, <laughs> is not drink beer and eat bread and enjoy pasta and have rice and all the things that, that are so fucking fun. Yeah. Because, you know, am I having as much fun eating my, my liver burgers as I would do if I was having like a egg mayonnaise sandwich. Are you fucking kidding me? That's just absurd. I mean, carbs are carbs. And, and the thing about carbs is they, re they release serotonin and dopamine. You get instant joy. So it's no wonder it's so hard to get off carbs. Yeah. Because it's just fucking... You, it, when, you're, when you're living, let's say, a stressful life and you've, let's say, got issues with, with emotional uh, vulnerability and let's say you add loads of layers to that. If you take away food, I've... I've had it with people where they just look at me just like, no. And you can look in their eyes and go, yep, I can see why. Yeah. And that's no judgment. I just, I just know because I, I know how hard it is to, to, to switch up diet. But I know how fucking satisfying it is when you feel fantastic because of what you've done. And it, yes. it sets you up. Like the way I went, all my carnivals now, I've done, this is my fifth one. And each time I've done it, even if it's only for a few days, Jesus, for months my knee feels better. For months, my brain feels better. For months, my skin, my this, my that. And by the way, if you're listening to all this and you've got no health challenges and you run lean and you're good muscle mass and you shit well and you sleep well and you've got no pain in your body, your brain can remember everything and retain information and be sharp and, and you feel happy each day. Like you've got great serotonin levels. You're, you, you feel like there's a joy to life. Why the fuck change anything? Yeah, I mean, Do you know what I mean. It's all about how you feel. It's how you feel. And how, are you thriving? Yes. Do you feel like you're thriving? And most of us know that when we're not, you, you something 
something has to give exercise diet whatever discipline you need to kind of re-inject back into your life uh, and it's not always fun like you say dude i mean that's the thing there there there, there is a sort of a, a, a almost sometimes a painful path to walk to get to the gain on the other side but the other side feels bloody good that's the thing and it's so it's good how willing and i speaking to myself as i often do and i say this every show really the reason i'm doing this is to give myself a bit of a kick up the backside is that the path to doing it isn't easy and there are easier there are shortcuts that feel better but they're not as long lasting and actually there are no shortcuts to continual gains and feeling like you're thriving as particularly as you add aging into the mix and the the the, the way that cells don't quite replicate the way that they should so you you you're still you're a sort of worse version of yourself from a cellular perspective than you were when you maybe were 19 or 20 years old because they're not replicating as well. But you can sort of stem some of that tide and make yourself feel good for the age you're at by doing some of the things that instinctively you kind of know that you, you, you can and need to do to, to improve at whatever you're trying to improve at. Uh, whether it's even pick your kids out of a cot or play football in the park with them or go surfing or maybe you're into a slightly uh, higher level of uh, sport endurance or explosive uh, strength required then you start doing these things that make you feel better and i've had to do it. I, I i've given myself that advice and, and and opened some of those doors and yeah you fall back you you, you make gains and you fall back that's what being hum, human is and and you you say well I've got to this great level now. Right, I can take my foot off the gas. You take your foot off the gas and you're like, shit, I've got to start all over again. But as long as you're able to get back up and keep going, uh, you, you can make some great gains. And, and the one thing for me, yeah, some of the health advice that I took from uh, the, if you like, the, the, the literature you read out there in the mainstream about more veggies and less meat and all that sort of stuff, I can honestly stay. The time I was doing that, I felt like shit. And the more I put in some of our purest forms of fuel as the animals that we are, the better I felt. And all you can go on, as you've said, is how do you feel on it? And not it doesn't matter what somebody else is saying or doing. It's how does it make you feel? And similarly so for true. them, they've got to find their own path as well. But hey, you know, you try something, you feel like you're thriving more, you, you might as well keep, keep going. It's so true, Liam. And I think that it's all about why yeah when you get to the deepest bit of yourself and you and you sort of go into you know what do you value the most in life really you know is it is it meal time and that 10 minutes of food because that's how long a meal lasts 15 minutes maybe if you make it really slow five minutes sometimes whatever and the feeling of it in your mouth and the taste of it on your tongue and the anticipation of it which by the way is probably more fun and let's be honest we all know the anticipation of things is more fun if not um, the reason why we get so happy from having pleasure in our lives. But anyway, it's that thing where you go, you know, if if all that outweighs your value of well-being, for whatever you want that well-being for, let's say, to better run around with the kids in your 50s, in your 60s, to, to better go surfing like proper waves in your late 30s, 40, 50, whatever. D- depending on what the motivation is, that is everything. Because I think that when it matters enough to you, you'll do it. Yeah. And for me, in my life, what I'm experiencing now with my body, a, a, a lot of people would just be like, oh God, I feel, I feel great. It, it, this was only a few percent as to why I started this. But that few percent is where I get really excited because I don't want to just feel okay. Yeah. I want to feel excellent. Yeah. 
and 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 it's again it's just that that deeper why and and I want to it's it's surf if, if I think about what what do I really care about in my kind of body movement and sports and hobbies in my life the most and it's it's surfing for sure well I'm I I I I always add into this as a sort of dose of reality for myself is that one of the things I value as well is some of the social interactions and you know and I work and I I go out in social situations and the 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 the, the, the functional and then also sometimes dysfunctional relationship that brings to hedonistic pleasures like alcohol is making sure you get the balance right. Because there's a bit of that that I don't think that, that I enjoy so much that it enhances the, like you say, the, the GABA and the dopamine and the, the sort of the, the serotonin levels that come through social events with the right people, with the right things dro- uh, thrown in. However, it's about walking that path and that line between order and chaos. And so if you've got a hold of something and it's you're driving it, uh, fine. It's when something tips negatively, whether it's lack of exercise, wrong foods, diets that make you inflamed, uh, habits that make you more destructive, then you're in the chaos mm-hmm. arena and you need to sort of push back towards more of an order. But if you're, then you're too ordered sometimes. So you, there's a line, isn't there, to sort of to, to, to walk, but... The, the, the upshot is, can you surf better? Do you feel like you're thriving? Are you able to do things uh, you know, against the uh, ravages of age that help you enjoy life more and more and put into perspective the, the wonder and the, the, the sort of gift it, it, of life that we all have? Then that's where the sort of true thriving, I think, comes to play. Mm, absolutely. How about you, dude? Mind and body? My, my, bit, bit on, bit on uh, mind, I'm continuing uh, this, and I know I'm, I'm well behind the, the, the trend curve on this, but this idea of every day writing down things that I am grateful for mm-hmm. and that I'm doing and that reflecting, and then on paper it might not necessarily be as serious as my mind would make it to be. And even if it is very serious, that y- you've put it somewhere out there that is a calm, peaceful, non-judgmental uh, place um, which is there for you to revisit if you need to. And, and put, then that also puts into perspective if you do it over a long enough timeline and gets down thoughts and ideas. And the creativity of actually putting pen to paper is in itself therapy. Um, so so, so th- there's that. Uh, body, um, I'm still on this thing that we mentioned last, uh, last couple of shows about sort of this exercise snacking, where even if you're busy, even if you find that you haven't got time to do things, that you, you continually pick up um, weights, you add in movement to your everyday program because it doesn't take very, very long. And in fact, in so, so far that I feel that although occasionally, as uh, people will know, that I, I'm, I'm prone to sort of uh, pursuing the more hedonistic pleasures in life, if you, during that phase, still maintain those kind of exercise snacks, it, it, it prevents you from a full descent into uh, a place where you've got to really dig deep to start again. So it, it, it's a maintenance pl- uh, re- regime. And then, so for example, today, this morning, I stepped it up a little bit. I increased the intensity of all of that, of all of that workout. I added the weight vest back in for some of the mm-hmm. exercises that I've been doing. I, I, I add a couple of sprints back in, which I haven't been doing for a long time, all to just keep the body and, and, the, and therefore mind, because I still think the foundations of a good mind are also a body that's moving and thriving. It, it all ties in to just keeping things fluid enough that you can raise the intensity when you need to. Or, as we know, for the purpose of getting better at surfing. That's the, that's the ultimate goal as well. And feeling better in the water. 
Um, and the other thing I've started, I'm, I'm back because it's, I mean, we're, we're, we're in this kind of glorious phase of uh, longer nights, blue skies. Um, I'm back on the beach helping the kids with surf lifesaving and doing some club lifeguarding. And the training that goes with that starts to kind of increase the physical gains as well. That just sort of intensifies it a little bit. And, 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 and exercising in the water is a fantastic thing. I'm just going to throw a ball for a dog now that's come over to me. That was, that was ace. Good throw, yeah. dude. Yeah, look at that. Play cricket for Yorkshire one day. <laughs> no, I think that's good, dude. I think um, it's a huge myth, the idea that massively ramping up stress hormones in a really, really intense way from a w- thing called a workout is sustainable long term. It, um, it also... It doesn't, it doesn't make sense. It doesn't... Exactly. It, it doesn't... Uh, yeah, we would have had bouts of that. I think we, we, we're, we're well set up for high intense exercise. I'm not saying that. But doing it over and over and over, I think I think the odd occasion throw a few more sets in back to back. Um, but but you can push the cardiovascular system in a minute, gain all the benefits that you need to gain, and not have to repeat it eight, twelve, fifteen, twenty times over like you would do in a marketed workout. So people go, well, why would if I can just do it in a minute? Why do I even do? Oh yeah, more calories, bigger muscles. They're forgetting completely that there's a duality in everything. You burn so many calories, you now try and stick to your healthy diet. When you carb and sugar cravings through the roof from having trained like that, you try and sleep well when you've trained like that. You try and have a body that can repair and recover for your next surf well when you've trained like that. So it's, I think it's, it's okay. I think it's great. If people, listen, again, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. If you're training really hard in your life with weights and circuits and CrossFit and endurance training and triathlons and whatever you're doing, great, knock yourself out, have a good time. And you only, you know, your own body. But in my experience as a mind and body coach, um, less is more quality over quantity. Um, we need loads of mobility training constant. Cause that's just something that can just go so quick from just sitting still too long and moving poorly and walking mm. poorly and, and, and with poor posture and just, but if we just, here's, here's my one. If we can just, we can have a, pr- a program that we never, ever dread. And it's just a little bit. Precisely. You're going to do it. And you're also not going to get a spike in cortisol. So I, I actually do believe, truly, your, your idea, Liam, this exercise snacking, like the occasional lift, the occasional squat, the oca- just spread out through a week, roughly, is so superior to full-on workouts. I cannot even tell you. Should tell it's you what also crazy. Do, and this is on a personal level, what it has done and what it does is it removes the barrier to doing something. Mm, so massive. Years and years ago, when I... It went to the gym. Yep. I could make excuses about why I wasn't doing it because I was going to go to the gym. Yep. And just yep, which is a whole schlep in itself. The idea that you're going to do something yep. and that you go to this place and that you only exercise when you go to this place yeah, gives you an excuse funny. to overload yeah and, and overdo it in other areas when you're not at that place. Whereas if there's a no barrier to entry or a lower a lower bar, if you like, to just getting up and doing something. So the things are all around you all the time. You know, then it it means that you get into a habit and a discipline of just getting up and doing it. And so it, it doesn't work for everybody, but I've, you know, put some rings in a in a tree outside the house. I've got a bar, I've got some bells, and I'm gonna kettle bells, I'm gonna up the, the weight intensity of that. And then I can't make excuses to myself for why I wouldn't get up and do it. It takes even if I did an intense one, it would take 30, 40 minutes. Um, and then it's done. It's, the, it's, it's, it's all about money because in the fitness industry, 
it's how can we package it and how can we make it marketable? Yeah. Um, this is two sides of the same coin, really, but it's that thing where imagine trying to market a program that just said, just move a bit more during the day, ideally as much as you can, gently, roughly all day, and don't sit down for yeah. more than about 30 minutes for the whole day, yeah. 60 minutes. Um, Lift occasionally and learn how to do that well and get your joints and yeah, muscles. Get, get somebody to show you yeah, and train well, that's you. Because that's, that's a big. bit like surfing. So You've many times people just, injure themselves because yep. yep. they just go at it no, no, before. No, you need a coach for yeah. stuff like that, big time. Um, and then just eat a, well, a well-nourished diet that's got highly dense nutrition in it. And it's kind of, none of that's, you can't sell, how can you, mar- how can you market, you know, liver? And how can you market just don't sit down very much? Like it's just, eat, and the, but the difference that food. makes- Exactly. And the difference that would make to someone surfing would be so big, you can't put a price tag on it. Yeah. And, and, that, and that is, in a way, the juxtaposition of, of modern life that with social media and with the, the constant want and drive for um, selling stuff, that actually the thing that, that can't be sold is true, is true well-being. Exactly. Um, which, is, which is something you can access very easily, very freely for very, very little money. And it's just there. It's just about lifestyle. It's about mm. what kind of life you choose to live, really. Mate, wow. just flying around. Yeah. Epic. I've got the rugby ball in my hand. We're staring at a, a beautiful river, greenery everywhere. People are looking at us thinking, who the hell <laughs> are these two blokes sitting on the floor under a tree? One's got headphones on. But no, get outside. Move a lot. Big surf, time. Surf well. Enjoy your surfs. In, enjoy what we've been given. Yeah. Make the most of it. Yeah. All right, guys. See Great you to be here. See you soon. Bye. Ciao.